0: Hey everyone, I'm James, I'm the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church, and this is The
1: Essentials. It's a podcast where we explore our faith, we talk about our life experience, and we try to celebrate the hope and the good news that we see. Today I have for you our lesson from Sunday, July 23rd, both the scripture readings and the message following. So our first lesson came from Genesis 28 in verses 10 through 19. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He reached a certain place and spent the night there. When the sun had set, he took one of the stones at that place and put it near his head. Then he lay down there. He dreamed and saw a raised staircase, its foundation on earth and its top touching the sky and God's messengers were ascending and descending on it. Suddenly the Lord was standing on it and saying, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will become like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the east, the west, the north, and the south. Every family of the earth will be blessed because of you and your descendants. I am with you now. I will protect you everywhere you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done everything that I have promised you. When Jacob woke from his sleep, he thought to himself, The Lord is definitely in this place, but I didn't know it. He was terrified and thought, This sacred place is awesome. It's none other than God's house and the entrance to heaven. After Jacob got up early in the morning, he took the stone that he had put near his head, set it up as a
0: sacred pillar, and poured oil on the top of it. He named that sacred place Bethel. And our gospel lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13,
1: verses 24 through 30, and 36 through 43. It's the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalks sprouted and bore grain, Then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? And how is it that it has weeds? An enemy has done this, he answered. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, No, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let them grow side by side until the harvest. And at harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, First gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. Jesus left the crowds and went into his house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, The one who plants the good seed is the human one. The field is the world. The good seeds are the followers of the kingdom. But the weeds are the followers of the evil one. The enemy enemy who planted them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the present age. The harvesters are the angels. Just as people gather weeds and burn them in a fire, so it will be at the end of the present age. The human one will send his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all the things that cause people to fall away and all people who sin. He will throw them into a burning furnace. People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Those who have
0: ears should hear. Here ends the reading of our word. So there are occasional Sunday mornings when people tell me
1: that it felt like Jesus was talking directly to them, like the scripture passage for that day was selected with them in mind because it was something they needed to hear. Well, this happened to be one of those Sundays for me. As Jesus talks to his disciples about the wheat and the weeds, and there's this suggestion made that the weeds should be pulled, Jesus says, no, let those weeds grow. And if you would have seen the yard around the parsonage before my wife moved in, when Jesus says, let those weeds grow, you would think that he was speaking directly to my soul. I believe that with my whole heart. Of course, that's not literally what Jesus is saying, or at least that's not all he's saying. He's not giving me permission to neglect our garden for the rest of the summer. And if I tried that approach by hiding behind the fact that this is what Jesus tells us to do, I'm not exactly sure my wife would buy it. This parable is talking about an issue that's plagued their world back then and continues to wreak havoc on ours. The wheat is the good that we try to produce, and the weeds are the evil that we see all around us. And as they think about this field, the servants of the landowner have a few questions. Didn't you plant good seeds? Where are
0: these weeds coming from? And shouldn't we be getting rid of them? His answer isn't so simple, though. An enemy
1: has planted these weeds, but we can't pull them, because if we do, we'll take some of the wheat with them. So let them grow together. Don't be so focused on the weeds. That you end up harming the wheat. So, in other words, when you become obsessed with what is bad, evil, or wrong with the world, when those things become your priority, you're bound to harm good things that are trying to grow. And if Jesus wasn't giving me advice on how to tend to my tomatoes and cucumbers, I think this lesson was still selected specifically with me in mind. Because I think Jesus sees me as someone who loves pulling weeds. I can get really caught up in an attempt to determine where they are in our world. And yanking them out becomes really important to me. Knowing who has the bad theology, who has the wrong beliefs, who has the backwards politics? How do I make sure those people I view as
0: weeds aren't able to thrive? And it happens pretty frequently as I navigate being a Christian today.
1: I love our church, I love the Moravian Church, and I love following Jesus. And sometimes I think it's my job to defend The church, when others are using questionable expressions of faith. When churches have beliefs or practices that I don't agree with, or when people interpret the Bible in a different way, my initial reaction can be to defend Christianity by making sure people know that not all Christians are like that. We aren't like that, we aren't those weeds. So I can take that person or that church that I don't agree with, the one that I've decided has it all wrong. And I can almost make them an example to say that they are so far gone, but we are on the right path. And the ironic thing is, based on today's
0: parable, Jesus would say that it's me who has found the wrong path. Not only does
1: Jesus say it's not our job to pull the weeds in the kingdom's garden, he says it isn't even our job to determine where they are. That judgment is for God, not for us. It's not about deciding who has it right and scooping up those who we have decided have it wrong. He says those weeds are going to be there. The people with The wrong practices and the wrong beliefs in our mind, they're going to be there. Don't worry about them. Spending all our energy trying
0: to rip them out will just hurt good things that are growing. And now in this parable, the weed being referenced is the bearded Darnell.
1: And its roots surround the wheat making it impossible to pull it up without uprooting the wheat as well. And it looks almost identical to wheat until it yields seed. So you have to let it grow. You can't get rid of it early, otherwise you risk damaging your crop. And Jesus says we need the same approach towards the weeds that we see in our world. Not only should we not think it's our job to call them weeds, But our attempts to do so can be misguided. What we think might be a weed could actually be wheat that he's planted. They can look awfully similar to our eyes. But when we eliminate those weeds before the harvest, before God's time to make that distinction, we cause more damage. When we call out people and broadcast where we think they've missed the mark We strain relationships, we alienate people, we cause rifts to form between us. It creates an us versus them way of
0: living. You are right and you are wrong. And when we get so fixated on
1: the other side and what they're doing, when tearing them out becomes the center of all that we do, We sometimes forget to produce more hope and love ourselves.
0: Because that's our role in the kingdom's garden, to plant good seed. To share abundant life, to lift people up, to be the good news. And even though there will be what we think are weeds all around us,
1: Jesus essentially says, let them be. Let him worry about them while we tend to the good crop that we're
0: called to take care of. We should be concerned only with what we are doing. We should tell people that they'll be welcomed and embraced at our church
1: without telling them where we think they'll be rejected. We should offer someone forgiveness and grace without pointing out where we think they won't find it. We should share the promise of eternal life without telling people who would rather threaten them with the depths of hell. We should celebrate our faith. We should give testimony to the fellowship and love we experience. We should preach about the blessings this life of faith has brought us. We should do all of that and more. We can do all of that and more. While resisting the temptation to point out the people, the Christians, the politicians,
0: who we think have got it wrong. Just imagine if we went through the next upcoming election
1: cycle and didn't see a single negative attack ad. Not one word, tearing down the opponent, just ads about what each candidate has done and promises to do.
0: It's almost impossible to think of a world like that in our current landscape. But you don't get
1: hired for a job by laying out all of the reasons the other candidates aren't a good fit.
0: You can only promote what gifts and skills you have. Your work needs to stand on its own. In the same way, we can't draw people into a life of faith
1: if our main talking points just lay out the ways that we aren't like other churches or other Christians. We can't lean into stereotypes that say they've got it backwards, but we have figured it
0: out. And it is really hard to see so much that we disagree with, so much that we think
1: is hurtful, so much that look like, looks like a distortion of
0: the gospel to us, and to not spend all of our energy trying to tear it down. When it seems like those weeds are growing out of control, there is that temptation to fight back to rip them out. But that isn't the job that Jesus has for us. He calls us to do good, to preach hope and to live lives full of love and service. We're here to facilitate growth. And that's
1: what our faith should be known for. And yeah, we'll, we'll still know a weed
0: when we think we see one. But Jesus says to leave any weed pulling to him. So I know that there will be many Christian churches doing this or saying that.
1: There will always be people with questionable theology at best.
0: But really, all of that will fade away when people start to look at us. They won't want us to tell them about other Christians, they'll want to hear about us. What do we believe? What have we done? How are we building up a kingdom of love and acceptance in our lives? Let's control what we can. Let's produce something good in our lives while leaving the rest to Jesus. Amen. Well, I thank you for listening to another episode.
1: You can check out the church that I serve, the Freedom Moravian Church. You can find our website. We're on Facebook. You can worship with us on YouTube. If you want to know more about the Moravian Church in general, you can go to moravian.org.
0: So take care, be well, I will catch you next time.